0: welcome back to the burning pre-sales podcast my name is mark green and i'm joined here today by colin wrightson it, it's wonderful to have you on colin why don't you tell me uh, a bit about where you're from thank you very much um, you yeah indeed
1: um so yeah colin wrightson um i'm a director of pre-sales for juniper networks i've been in the networking industry now from a pre-sales perspective probably for the best part of 17 years and then prior to that pre-sales or post-sales sorry where we actually put the equipment in but yeah from a pre-sales perspective design in architecture about 17 years um, purely from a networking point of view so Cisco um, and in partner land where obviously we sell stuff through and then moved into Juniper around about 2010 SE consultant SE specialist SE on data center then from my sins, moved into management and uh, yeah now we're on Amir pre-sales
0: Excellent. And probably like me, there's a little bit of missing uh, diving into patch panels and uh, sorting out all the wiring as much as we may have hated it and loved it at the same time. Um, you and I share a passion for keeping our uh, uh, networking, Cisco networking books on our shelves. So. Uh, there's obviously we obviously put a lot of hard work in into there at some point, and don't don't want to forget it. So and and we're talking about network pre-sales today. You've you've come on with a great question, and I'm really keen for people to hear why a network sale and working in networking pre-sales is so different to software.
1: It is. I'm- I'm a big fan of the podcast. Obviously, let's just do a small plug. Um, but I've always felt that it was a little bit software orientated and coming from a sort of a hardware networking background. I'm kind of aware that there is a slight difference in how we sell networks from a pre-sale perspective in possibly how you sell software. So, yeah, so I was kind of keen to come on here and just kind of give a quick overview of all of the wonderful complex things that we have to do from a networking perspective. I'm also aware that in most cases when something goes horribly wrong, it's the network that gets the blame. So I just wanted to also get across why potentially we get the blame and then all of the complexity that sits behind that.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, I think it's fascinating. A bit of a behind the scenes for everyone. Um, yeah. We plan a we plan a a podcast a little, and Colin sent over the most glorious mind map. Uh, many of th- many of the things we won't be able to cover today. Uh, however, some of them we will. Why do you pick uh, pick the most important things for for people? What is it about a network sale that people need to understand? And of course, you might we might have um, lots of people either looking to go into that world or in that world and needing a bit of help. So what's your advice to them?
1: Yeah, indeed. So I've always looked at a network sale as not a singular sale and not necessarily a hardware sale. I've always looked at it as actually it's five sales that you're doing. And you're doing five sales against five or six competitors at exactly the same time. So obviously at the basic level, you've got your hardware sale and that hardware sale will comprise of routers, switches, Wi-Fi, security, virtual networking, and multiple different instances of those. And also, depending on what you're selling into, so if you've got a customer, let's say, who's got a a branch network, as we would call it, so they're connecting multiple bank branches together, that would be a wide area network or a branch network. So you're going to have predominantly lots of routers, and you're going to have security from an underlay. If you're selling, let's say, a campus network where you've got, for argument's sake, a university and they've got multiple campus buildings, that's going to be more a switching and a Wi-Fi sale, but with an element of security and routing. If you're doing a data centre sale, that's going to be predominantly switching, but also with an element of routing and security. So you have different verticals, essentially, that you're having to sell into sometimes you'll come across a customer who wants a basically a full network refresh of the entire lot that is very far and it happens yeah not very often but invariably you're basically going in talking to a customer and they will have a particular area of the network that they want to refresh so your hardware sale is your first sale your next sale is architecture because for each one of those different verticals you're going to have a different architecture now every vendor is roughly the same from an architectural perspective but where there are differences, there are opportunities to upsell and you know, do your um, or position your architecture in a slightly different way. Um, so, again, if I've got a branch network or a campus network, I will be designing my network with those hardware components in a completely different way to doing, let's say, a branch network over to a campus network over to a data center. Architectures change a lot. Your third sale is then protocols and features. Now again, you would have thought that we were pretty much open standard, and everyone uses exactly the same. Not necessarily. That would be nice. Yeah, indeed. Um, you have open standards, and I think you know, plug juniper quickly. Open standards have pretty much been a de facto, and it's pretty much the standard right across the networking industry. But standards take a long time to write. And in the meantime, we work with all of the other vendors in creating new uh, RFCs and new ways of doing things, new features, proprietary stuff does come out. So when you go in and talk to a customer, they may have a proprietary protocol or proprietary way of doing things based on that existing vendor. So as such, you've got to take that, translate that over into how you do it, let's say from an open standards point of view, and then emphasize how yours is better how you're going to do it in a slightly different way and if you're really really good you will also point out that not only will that do that for day one but obviously day two day three and has their architecture and their network expands and they bring on new and new services so then you get onto the fourth element of the cell and this is probably i'd say in the last five years the one that's become more and more crucial is that if you're building a network how do you manage that and Before, let's go back 10 years or so, it was always done on the CLI and you could have 200 devices and you'd have to configure everything individually. Now, obviously, we've moved past that. Now it's all about the management solution that you sit on top to manage all of those things, both from a deployment perspective, from a migration point of view, because invariably, you're rarely going into a network that's brand brand spanking new and there's nothing there before it's usually a brownfield and you'll have to do a migration over which adds another level of complexity into the sale because you have to understand or the customer have to understand how you're going to manage that and then there's how, from an operations perspective how your team from are going to manage that network moving forward and then sitting below that is how the user it connects to that network experience as the experience of going across that network and accessing their applications, whether their applications working correctly, you know, let's say Teams, for instance, whether that works correctly, and how they you know, how they access the network and then how they work across that network is, again, an element of the cell that you have to put across. And then the last one, and probably the one that is uh, the one that I find the biggest challenge is the competitive PR. because invariably you're not necessarily going to be the incumbent so you've got the incumbent network provider that you're competing against and then you've got three to four other income. Um, competitors sitting behind who you're competing against as well, so you have to know the existing customers architecture how it's put together what the customer wants from the new architecture and products. And then you have to second guess exactly what your competitors are going to be putting forward. And then you have to try design to take that into account. The incumbent, how they're going to discount their solution to basically keep that business, whilst also looking at all of your other competitors over what their bill of materials will potentially look like, what their price will be, what their feature will be, what their architecture will be. And at the same time, and I will take a breath, When you go to compete or present to your customer, you have to do it in such a way that you're not going to, how should we put this, call out their failures. You have to, if you're a really good pre-sales person, highlight why your solution is better without actually highlighting their flaws. And hopefully the customer will understand what their flaws are and then be able to understand how it all fits together.
0: Well, that's the five step guide to getting uh, network pre-sales right. I think it's very interesting um, to split it up like that. Um, if you've got someone listening that's trying to, you know, that's trying to focus on a on on a particular aspect of being a pre sales person in the network industry, what's your advice for them in in terms of uh, where to focus? Because, of course, there's lots of areas, and of course, being That the answer, well, just be good at all of these, um, is is uh, very easy. And you've been, you know, you've you've risen to uh, uh, a place very successfully at uh, Juniper Networks, where you see a lot of different people and a lot of different styles of selling, networking, and some people are great at some things and not so good at others, and vice versa. So, what's your advice for people coming into the industry? Where where should they focus first?
1: So. I think with pre-sales people, we will always be very technical. We can't help ourselves, it's the reason we get into this role, Is we love being technical. We also love to be the most uh, technical person in the room, and I've gone into many rooms with many, against many, many vendors, I've in some instances had um, customers who will bring all the vendors into the room at the same time and you basically compete against each other with your solutions live in front of everybody Ooh, you can't wow. take questions from the other vendors but the customers asking the questions so that and in that instance and instances like that that just comes down to your experience you know the length of time you've been in the industry but you're quite right if you're going into the industry today so at a high level what we generally look for and this is generally there's sort of if I look at a scale of 100 percent, you've got probably 50 to 60 percent of people who can present very, very well, but don't necessarily have the technical depth. You've then got the other end of the scale. You've probably got a 20 percent of really deep dive technical people. They will sit behind the keyboard and they will do all of the in-depth CLI, the designs, the architectures. They're not necessarily the people you would necessarily put in front of the customer because they don't necessarily have those presentation skills or that ability to present. So whenever we talk to people, graduates who are coming into networking, the bit we tell them to focus on is. A presentation is the ability to stand up in front of customers and just feel confident in what you're doing and how you present, and have a style and be relaxed in doing so. That's that starting point. You will, in the background, be learning all of the technical skills at the same time. And slowly but surely, you will build up that technical capability and that technical experience. And then slowly but surely, I think over time, people find a niche that they're good at. So whether it be data center right. switching, whether it be Wi-Fi, whether it be security, you find something from a networking perspective that you feel passionate about, you know lots about, and you actually are enthusiastic to learn that tech. And then that allows you to go down the specialist path and hopefully earn more money and so on and so forth from all of that but if you're fresh into the industry it's the presentation part of it that i always find to be the most right. interesting grads we get them to present and if they come across and it doesn't matter what the subject is but if they're able to present if they've got that ability to you know that enhance or use those soft skills then we can teach them all the technical all the networking as long as they're enthusiastic we can teach them all of that but it's just that little bit of ability
0: to present amazing well that's great advice and 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 for the network sales as well where you're in a high pressure environment where people know possibly huge amounts more technical things than than yourself and you're presenting to them um it's not about being better than them they are trying to learn how you do it yeah so that's great well thank you colin it's wonderful to have you on burning pre-sales um I know you're dying to uh, head into a slightly different topic, and we look forward to having you back to do that one. Uh, there's a teaser again for next week. But thank you for coming on. It's a oh, real pleasure. And um, do listen on to ne- the next episode as soon as it comes out on Burning Priest House. Thanks. Thank you.